Well, welcome back to the Friday Council for episode five. five. My name's Nav, and I'm here with Daniel. Yo, what's up? And uh, David. Yo, what's up? And uh, Daniel, what were you going to springboard off today? Well, I think we were going to talk fear slash anxiety, um, but I thought a good starting point would be where we think, anyway, fear comes from probably on an evolutionary or human history scale, just to, it could be a good place to start off. Um, I've heard, I heard that our only two real fears were falling, the only two fears that we're born with are falling and loud noises and everything else was learned. But as we were discussing just before we hit record, sounds a bit sus, but we also think, no, I won't speak for all of us. I also think, it could be possible that all fear could be boiled down to a fear of death and evolutionary speaking, evolutionarily speaking, falling and loud noises, I think, pretty good signifiers of death inbound. When you when you say like fear of falling, it just makes me think of you have those dreams like <laughs> yeah. where, where you're just falling, you get yeah. that shake at the end. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, what's going on here? That is very strange. Yeah, oh, I, I, I like that. Just... I'm not fearful of those. They're great. They feel like I'm on a roller coaster. <laughs> they just keep you on your toes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a dream roller coaster. That epic. Oh, that's an interesting one. Fear of falling and fear of loud noises. Yeah, that they we, seem to be the we... two fears that babies are born with, apparently. And the okay. only two. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know if I, I, I necessarily I, I, agree. I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm just thinking right off the bat. I've noticed this because I've got a bunch of nieces and nephews, and nearly all of them were scared of me. <laughs> and, like, I know it sounds funny, but I think it's the facial hair. I yeah, think they yeah, look, you, look, think you look, might look, be right. Yeah, actually, look at me with, like, whoa, yeah. this guy is like a predator <laughs> like not not sexual predator but like a like a yeah, yeah. um you know like this is like a, a lion you got like, a lion's yeah, look, yeah. Look, look like a yeah like a you know a threat like mm. this is some dude from another tribe coming yeah mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. were all scared of me i think nearly all nearly all of them were scared of me when they were very young not anymore very young but do you think yeah. it's possibly so it's like, like a curiosity thing yeah it could be a fear of just something new a new thing I yeah I, I just think it's but it's like there. an instinctual thing like that looks like a threat yeah, like a bit of a caveman. <laughs> yeah, like it looks like. I, so I think there's like an instinctual thing there, like man, like yeah, scary looking, strange man. man. Yeah, strange man looks like danger. Yeah, and just in a, in more of a generalization as well. Um, I think children instinctively n- are drawn towards women as like because yeah. it's again just I think there's an instinctual thing where they women are not don't pose a threat yeah um that makes so sense. I, I think there's something yeah there where fear goes a bit deeper than um just a fear of falling and yes noise i think there's yeah an instinct instinctual thing where men in general and men of certain characteristics even more so are a threat and they can pick mm. up on that or a potential threat yeah yeah do we think, or can we think of any examples where this wouldn't be true, but that all fears can essentially be boiled down to a fear of death? So I was thinking the fear of being left out or being unpopular socially yeah. means you're left alone, exactly. which mean, basically means death yeah. um, with an evolutionary yeah. mind. You it's don't kind of like the, the the far end of the spectrum, like, yeah, like yeah. what you're saying. There will be smaller fears, but fear on top of fear on top of fear yeah. ultimately but- leads to... Death. death you yeah. might be able to sum it up yeah like if i also thought of an example of fear of losing your job 
which means no money essentially, no which means think, you can yeah. be excluded socially yeah, with no money and then you die. Yeah. yeah, or you feel danger or feel fear. Um, yeah, I think that checks out. I, I, I don't, I can't think of any fears that aren't related to your your living, your your life. Even the fear of spiders is like a cliche one. one. That's yeah. to do with death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously, well, one bad bite away from poisonous death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's an interesting one. Uh, I think think fear can also be a good teacher. We always talk about like a reframing how you can turn something negative into a positive just from the way you see the world and fear i think can be a, a teacher or at least show you where you need to improve often of a little bit sucked down the rabbit hole of the the, the youtube rabbit hole of the uh food shortage inbound and economic collapse inbound and all that you might we may have all come across that or know of the the content that's circulating which is obviously fear-based content but it also kind of spurs me along and shows me okay i need to sort out my finances or i need to sort out my yeah survival skills and in terms of like societal fear i think we can see that through like the media fear drives an audience or drives clicks or however you want to look at it so often you'll find if you're just looking at the news from a um yeah, just wanting to find the news, for example. Most stories are probably negative because it just drives more of a, um, an audience. Yeah, I think that ties back into like, humans react more strongly to negativity because, again, I think, yeah, it's the ha- ha- we're hardwired to, mm. like, yeah, oh, it's negative, that poses a threat yeah. to my life. Yeah, yeah. That, and that I think that relates to fear being stemming from your... Was it your amygdala? You're supposed to. It's like your basically your rept, reptile brain, your simple brain, and then you can often combat fear using your rationality and logic, which is your your prefrontal yep. cortex. And so the constant, twin, like the twenty four hours all access to news, mostly bad, whether it's designed that way or not, doesn't give you time to process it, bring it to the front of your brain, process it rationally when it's like when there's constant news cycles of bad things and there do do seem to be pretty obvious themes on the on like a year-to-year scale as we recently have obviously had a fear fear fear-based media for yeah it's been very explicit for the last two years but going on to this day there's still you can think of any main main news story and it's probably fear related Mm -hmm. yeah well directly relevant today obviously without going into to it too much when we've just passed the year anniversary of 9-11 so mm. that's a big one it generates mm. fear i think what have we had recently we've obviously had the pandemic you're talking about now food shortages the war war, food shortages, yeah, war in economic Ukraine and russia yep yep global abortion, financial crisis big in the news was essentially fear of being your rights being taken away either yeah way. that's or true fear of that's an interesting one because i think i mean fear is pretty broad general concept so obviously you can limit it down to certain things like Mm. if you're talking about like a job for example i guess yeah the fear of like not being able to provide for your family Mm. or for your children or yeah um just saying in terms of like religion for example because it's quite a big 
um, I mean, I don't know about Islam or Buddhism, but and like Christianity, there's a lot of talk about fear in the Bible. Um, well, yeah, and I guess sort of medita- meditative scripture of how to deal with that. We're going to go into that later, but um, what would you say are like things that you'd probably use to limit fear or to, to conquer fear? Mm. Are you, and are you implying that? religion or you religion well, just just it? in general first first and foremost okay like you could it could be like fear. self-talk or like you know if you're trying to hype yourself up before doing something new yeah. it's got to be just it's got to be thinking things things through really like really boringly and rationally that's you, you can some, sometimes it doesn't help sometimes your fear overpowers and you know it's irrational and most yeah. people's fears are probably yeah. you think it's age. more of like a protective thing so like you're trying to stop yourself from harm or from hurt or yeah. i think it's probably mostly social harm i think that's exactly well i think that's exactly what fear's purpose is is to protect you hmm. but i think the problem is like what you're saying is fear the part of our brain that makes us feel fear is very old it's not designed for the modern world so it still works the same way it worked a hundred thousand years ago hmm. but in general the threats are no longer the same but you still feel them just as though it was like a a, a lion in the bush or yes. a, a tribe, a pack of Vikings coming to you know yeah overtake yeah. you about simple everyday things like a job interview or talking to a girl or whatever. Mm. You still yeah it feels like a, yeah. I think I think it's it taps con- into the same thing. Yeah, I think yeah. it's conditioned as well. So it's it's like your uh, I think it's like it's like your immune system when everything's sterilized. If you live in a super sterilized environment like we all do for our whole lives then a small a small virus or a small attack on your immune system compared to what you've you've had your whole life destroys you whereas that's why kids are encouraged or it's fine to eat dirt because it's building up and you know that yeah. kids are encouraged to go around each other so their immune system isn't as sensitive isn't like immediately sensitive to uh, to an attack on it and i think we're essentially sanitized in a in a, in a, relating to fear we live a very sanitized safe unfearful relatively lifestyle so i think we're hypersensitive to it now because we don't experience it where our fear mechanism is super sensitive and it's triggered by ridiculous tiny things yeah i think do you think maybe like there's a difference between full irrational fear and just general fear and no i don't think so I think it's the same thing. I think it's the same thing. Um, this just reminds me, there was someone at high school who, I oh, can't remember his name, but anyway, yeah, he, he was quite a germaphobe and it seemed like, oh, wait, we might have to edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> well, we won't, we won't edit that one out, but um, yeah, he just, every time something touched, like touched him, he'd have to go to the bathroom to like wash his hands. And it's quite an interesting one. <laughs> it's fun editing that out um uh yeah that'd be good a good uh experience working with bleeps good learning curve it out um he was quite a germaphobe so yeah like you was another person as well like you'd you have like sauce on your hand or something you you know go up to him and he'd flinch and (laughs) freak out but i'm just thinking personally like fears of my own I think one thing for me, like having worked in the same job for a decade, 
was, I guess, the fear of trying something different. And that can turn into complacency. And, you know, fast-moving pace of what's going on in the world, you almost have to just learn to adapt and take fear head-on. Yeah, I think that's probably a key point is that, and again, this is when we're talking about irrational fears or things that really don't pose a threat, but our body or brain processes them the same way that it processes, processes a very real threat is the solution is to exposure yeah so mm. like yeah an irrational fear like a fear of when it's not completely irrational but it's like if you really break it down to like what's the worst that could happen in changing a job or something it's pretty minimal the overall consequences but i would be 100 percent the same like if i had to go for a job and do i'd be extremely nervous and all that um but if you do it lots of times um it will no longer be the fear that it once was mm. so it's interesting you said ner- you'd be nervous for a job interview isn't nervousness and fear on the same scale do you think do you think nervous so, yeah. being nervous is yeah. just a small think, amount of fear part, yeah, I, know, I think yeah I, I, and when I, I was probably under like estimating or um under but yeah when i meant nervous yeah i meant like i'd be yeah. i'd be very nervous yeah yeah i'm yeah. not it's, a scale. Not, it's like, on the same th- I remember going on a job interview when I was at high school and like I vomited before I went and I was that nervous. Mm. So I'd still be that I'll still be exactly the same way today. Really? Um, even though as I say the the consequences of doing poorly in the job interview are relatively minor. Mm. But if I went to lots of job interviews It'll become a bit easier over time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exposure therapy. So I, I think with most fears again when they're not truly life-threatening fears uh yeah exposure the same as like talking to girls or, or whatever you're like real scared at first but if you do it every day yeah you become desensitized yeah. to it because it's not really a huge threat it's I, not really a threat at all i think i think an important point that makes sense to me anyway i don't think you're ever going to get rid of fear you just have to learn ways to do no, it because through it and it's, it's yeah it's still yeah it is a survival mechanism so you're never going to get rid of it if you got rid of fear then yeah, you'd do stupid stuff like jump off a building because you, yeah. So you, you'll never get yeah. rid of fear because it's yeah, it's still a it still serves its purpose when it comes to real threats. Yeah, it's all about managing your way through it. That's that's true. That's true. I mean, it's like someone someone very close to me, as and many people actually I know, uh, fear of and anxiety of of just driving, and they can all drive fine drive well and it will nearly it'll go just fine just as often as it will for any of us who drive and are not nervous or fearful of it but it's probably is it when it comes to that are they like nervous about their or fearful of their own driving or just like being on the road in general on the road right so it's probably actually not an unfounded um we should probably all be a bit more Mm. anxious about that because the roads are pretty dangerous. Yeah, and when you think about the, the amount of people that are scared of flying, which is real, common. which is way less dangerous yeah. than driving. Yeah, but you can't. Something you just can't help it sometimes. Yeah, it's so it's real visceral. When you're th- thinking, yeah, like when you think about it, you should be again. Obviously, if it's debilitating, then it's no good. But you should certainly be hyper alert when you're driving because yeah, literally, there's these you know yeah. thousand, two thousand kg. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking. We were talking about the difference between like people having a fear of flying and driving. Do you think it might be perhaps because in terms of flying, they don't really have control over what's going on, whereas if they're behind the wheel, 
or biking for the most part. Obviously, you have that that um, possibility of someone else crashing into you, or you know, could mm. next person going past you could be a drunk driver. But for the most part, you have control of the situation. It probably is that, but that's still, if you break it down, it doesn't matter because most people probably think they're way better drivers than they actually are. Mm. Whereas a pilot, no, a pilot is differently people. a good pilot because they have to go through rigorous testing. And then there's just yeah. the fact that flying is safe because there's not the, the traffic that there is yeah. on the roads. Uh, there's a stat 92% of people think that above average drivers. Yeah, that's probably a low. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> that, that, I totally fit into literally that. doesn't work. So, yeah, I'm trying to be a bit more. <laughs> It, it probably now. does Dings tie twice. into that where people feel that they're in control, but it's still, if you break it down, that doesn't matter because, yeah, there's, for starters, yeah, there's other people you can't control their driving. Hmm. And even so, even if you can't control your driving, you're still human and you're still susceptible to error. Hmm. Um, and, yeah, that's the, bot- the bottom line is it's far more dangerous to be on the road, even if you're the best driver in the world, than to be in the plane and in a plane. Yeah, that's very true. I think, um, do you have anything to add to that, Nev, before I move on? No, not, not really. I was just thinking of a particular quote which I heard about decision-making, I guess, uh, the fear of choosing or not to choose or to do something by not doing anything is still a decision by default. So why not try, like, at least try to try something different or overcome that fear because by choosing not to do it is... Still, like yeah, then like, yeah. the fear yeah. becomes worse because that's, a, that's if, yeah. if you and I know this is easier done because believe me I, I'm exactly the same you know when I'm scared about something the easy option is to do nothing um, but if you do nothing then you're just amplifying the fear because you're essentially saying well yeah I'm not capable of doing that and then you it just builds it up in, in your mind so yeah if you're scared of going to the job interview and you say oh, well I'm just not going to work then or whatever it mm-hmm. may be uh, it just becomes a bigger and bigger obstacle. Yeah, if when it, that's actually fear is quite re- closely related to the risk taking, like we've talked about before. But I like thinking of it like if you're not changing it, you're choosing it. So in reference to being fearful of something, staying put or digging digging in. If you're not changing the circumstance, then you've chosen it. Essentially, mm. it's still a choice and it's still a risk in its own way. Um, this kind of related to what I was going to bring up next. In that I think you can liken living in fear or living with fear, like recurring fears, can be much like living with an addiction in that you know it's not good for you, but you do nothing about it and keep keep it. So since you do nothing about it, it just keeps getting worse and cycling and you go, I know this is irrational or I know this is blah, 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 but I can't stop myself from feeling this way. Um, and that's just probably should make us have some empathy for people who, who live with fear because it is such mm. a, yeah. um, a visceral reaction and when it's not your shared fear, it's nearly always irrational yep. to, to the outside eye. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think as a method of getting through fear, I really think looking at it as like a separate entity to yourself, like with a scientific mind and looking at what it's implying about you Sometimes, because since it is a very visceral gut reaction, it's acting on your subconscious mind. I think we'd, we'd all agree. Fear, you don't choose that; it just yep. it springs up yep. very quickly. Um, and oftentimes, things that stem from your subconscious are teachers in, in many ways. You can learn from them and bring them into your conscious mind. 
I think. And that, that helps me. I go, oh, what's, yeah. why am I scared about this? And then boil it down. Well, that's the thing Not so saying. far that to death, but boil it down <laughs> to like, oh, I'm just afraid of like all my friends leaving. Or in like a general sense too, or, you can also like, I mean, it depends what it is, but find like maybe doing like a pros and cons list. Although that might just sound really cheesy and like dumb, but uh, it, yeah, it can be very idea. helpful because yeah. you outweigh like the pros of doing something yeah. and not doing it. Well, then you can really, like, you might over-rationalize it, but you're probably going to have more of an informed decision before making, like, mm. before you you do what you're going to do. Yeah. Well, writing down the list is, yeah. is like a, a physical manifestation of you using your It's also your just a, it's a good habit or a good thing to just do in general. Yeah. Um, yeah, writing, writing things out can always help with yep. many things. But, yeah, I think it's like a, it's a reminder of what you're, prefrontal cortex said when you get yeah. when you get fearful you can say oh this is already a pre-done list i don't have to rethink through it every time you're going to get that fear again so that's a good one never tried it but also because i'm never afraid <laughs> yeah i mean that can be quite general i think that's easy for small decision making fears when it comes to like i'm trying to think what's a, what would be an example of a very big thing to be fearful of I'm, I think yeah. like change, you're like changing job would be like a, a, a reasonable one. Like if you yeah. write out like what's the risk of changing job and then yeah, pros and cons. Like that would be mm, one that most adults are going to go through in their life. Asking asking a member of the opposite sex out on a date or something. Yeah, which Same is sex. probably realistically one of like the like most trivial ones, but it's something that probably ninety nine percent of men. Um, oh, it's just yeah. well, some yeah, some if they that continue doing it, it, it becomes like yeah. I mean, you see these what a pickup artist or whatever, and yeah. that's what they spend. They go and, out like every day of the week, and they become desensitized to it. But yeah, yeah. And so how that that brings up a point of like technology making thing. That specific example way easier. Not even to be face to face. You can do it over messenger or whatever. But technology in general. Do you guys have any thoughts about how that relates to people's fears these days? Is it just can technology be used, like with the addiction example I mentioned earlier, to just distract or numb yourself, much like a drug, to just forget about the fears, especially when it's one that's going to be so core to your life as like yeah. your job. If you're fearful of leaving your job, you can, I don't know, I not, think, not yeah. dwell on it when you get home from work because you can just instantly use the technology. It, that's to, sort of like a coping mechanism. Mm, yes, but yeah. I think I mean. technology and more specifically like social media – can well it has its tools you know it's it can be a positive thing but it can't it, i would argue it's probably now more negative so for example in terms of like adolescence we, we sort of are in that age bracket where we've had a bit of both so like just as the internet was coming in and then as we were getting older you know the broadband and um yeah technology was improving so we've had a bit of both mm. whereas teenagers more gen z is sort of just grown into that um life of technology and social media i think now with like tiktok instagram specifically um it can just set like such a bad um oh, a little spider on the table there oh, anyway yeah no it can like it just it can play like are you scared are you fearful no, well <laughs> maybe a little bit 
I don't mind daddy long legs. You know, I can pick them up by their legs, but well, most again, other spiders all, all are not really. If it's not a white Yeah, tail. well, that's true. Anyway, I think what I was trying to say with, um, yeah, technology, social media, find teenagers specifically just struggling a lot with making normal decisions or you're so exposed now, like you're putting yourself out there for everyone to see and it sort of plays in on on your mind or like you know you're trying to improve for your for your peers you just expose too much mm. so i think in some ways it's good to just sort of take a step back and yeah it's hard like it's hard now you know because everything you see is just like talked about on twitter or yeah I think it's just like the like the twenty four seven news. Yeah, that that's what I think I'm trying to you, get with the constant yeah. exposure doesn't let you again. It, it like, it's, I mean, the whole all the social media was work on your not on your prefrontal thinking mind. It all works on that like reptilian dopamine yeah. automatic mind. So the constant exposure to that is just gonna hinder your thinking and rational thinking about things even more. And it's and it's exposure on a way on a scale much higher than television news yeah and you're just constantly stimulated like fear joy fear 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 joy fear joy yeah that's true just on on tiktok anyway in terms of like person like personal interaction i think we're sort of missing a lot of that now so post pandemic we're starting to see well i think maybe it's just me i've sort of noticed even going into like stores or um, you know, going to the shops, just people seem to be quite cautious of other people around them, which is crazy because, you know, in terms of wearing masks, especially because you, you lose a lot of, you lost a lot of that personal um, interaction. Mm. So you, you can't see like people smiling. It's very hard you, to, to interact with people. And I think, it, you know, as humans, we're built to be around other people. Yeah. Obviously, whether, it should be. Yeah, there, whether that so. be like, in a small tribe or um in a, in a bigger scale like on so like a society or a national level you know we're just we're just built to help each other and be around each other mm. and so i think it's been quite difficult sort of readjusting back into post-pandemic life mm. you, i guess you you realize sometimes i don't know about you but you realize how learned some of those social behaviors are and they're not not nature at all. Yeah, like, mate, small talk is is a learn is learned. Small so, talk's learned. So maybe it's just, you're just reciting uh, segueing off that lines. But do you think that fear can be um, manipulated onto people? Oh, definitely. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Um, I mean, we're not going to say anything revelatory by saying that the last few years has been yeah. had fear used. Yeah. And another. Another example would be like nine eleven. Mm. Like if you looked at um, the polls or whatever in the days after nine eleven, like ninety something percent of Americans were keen for war mm. because they were in a rational state of, of fear. fear. Yeah. yeah. If you now took those polls again now, I would say that at least seventy percent would say that war was a mistake. Yeah. Um, it's such a mover, man. It's such a prime mover of, yeah. of p- the masses and people. It's insane. It can't be understated, probably. Yeah. So, yeah. for sure, it can be used against people. I think it has been all throughout history. I think every time anyone wants to start a war... Purposely or not. Conspiratorially or yeah, not. Yeah, purposely or not, but yeah. certainly, in many cases, purposely. I think any time yeah. before a war, 
to start a war, you just get people scared. Yeah. So, oh, it's like Germany. Oh, look at these guys. You know, they're a threat to us and blah, blah, blah. And we'll start a war mm. again after 9 11. Yeah, if we don't get them, they're going to get yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, for sure, can be used against people. Yeah. No doubt. I would imagine that's what Russia is telling their people at the moment. Yeah, no doubt. And fair, and we can't, you couldn't expect them to do anything else. Oh, really. and yeah, and in fact, I know they are because I've gone all of, I know NATO is one of the big things that they're upset about. So, again, whether those are genuine fears or not, they're certainly using it. Uh, there it brings to mind having, like, fear is you're never going to get rid of it. And I actually think it, and I can sometimes think of it, but it's not too overwhelming as a as a motivator to learn new things or to f- see where I'm, my gaps and my knowledge are. But fear on that kind of scale again i think can be a can be a good thing like humans need that narrative of like we know fighting for something they need that purpose that you get from fighting from something um and usually what you're fighting against is something that causes fear i suppose otherwise it's not there's no reason to fight it whether that's another country or climate change you need and there's all fear based things to fight for so that's a positive thing it's i I think that just that the that fear the deep fear is just co-opted real obviously for trivial stuff like wars when we could be really banding together yeah for sure into space yeah yeah i think yeah that that's probably a yeah really good example i think yeah um if humans collectively could yeah find something to be all on the same team about you say something space like yeah conquering space whatever you want to call it um then yeah we could achieve a hell of a lot more yeah yeah we need a, gl- a global fear yeah. which is kind of which and is kind of what covid was yeah that's, except that that's true the i think i think that except that the fight against the covid the enemy of covid that was a global th- fear just wasn't directed right right yeah i think maybe at first it was but then yeah very coming at um came down to picking sides you're in fighting fighting against mm. each other once again it like missed the mark it was a good opportunity and completely missed the mark yeah and as i say i think probably in the early days it was yeah unity in general around the world and then as it dragged on it became much yeah more uh you against me me mm. versus them yeah 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 sorry just had to disappear there for a second but yeah i think actually that's a good point like if there was a sudden threat to earth whether it be like a an asteroid or an alien attack or whatever it would be we'd all band together real Mm. quick Mm. and we'd get stuff done this i mean the the grand this is why i like the grand overarching big main conspiracy of at the moment which i won't go into detail about but that it's I think it, whether it's true or not, it gives people a fight that is is a, is going to have good outcomes. I think it's not concerned with race or nationalities. Um, it kind of transcends all those things and is is a fight for something good, whether it's true or not. But I think that's a, a good utilization of of fear because again, that's another fear narrative, like conspiracies. Um, I think just yeah, in terms of uniting. Having lived through like the earthquakes, we sort of, as a city, sort of just united around that big thing where, you know, you would probably know someone who was dealing with whatever loss of power 
loss of um, water and sort of, yeah, having like a, a, a driver or a, a motivator, yeah, it's beneficial for overcoming those sort of things. Mm. Um, I mean, on a societal level, I mean, when you're talking about war, I think I was listening to a, a podcast where um, was Lex Friedman one talking about the Ukraine Russia war, where he was um, he was talking to interviewing mo- most Ukrainians that he um, talked to on the street. Were just saying, you know, he was asking, "Do you think you're going to win the war?" And close to ninety nine percent agreed and said, "Yes, we really? think we're going to we're going to win this war." In terms of like the experts, you know, most people would say, well, no, it's probably unlikely. But when you like backs against the wall, well, that makes sense. You know, they have, they would have everything to be fearful for. This isn't just soldiers or, um, you know, this is civilian soldiers, people just in general. But despite what you think about the leader, um, Zelensky, you know, people, these people fighting this war are so adamant that they're going to win. So... I guess yeah, that would be their motivator in terms of like fear, and I guess what you're saying when it comes boils, from fear, yeah, yeah I mean, and, and and you know motivated by fear. We're talking about how we think it boils down to fear of death in the end. Well, that would be like the extreme example, a very explicit example. Yeah. yeah, I think fear and motivation, yeah, ultimately do go really well together, or are intimately tied. And yeah. I mean, to a certain extent. In this day and age, I think we kind of have the luxury almost to choose what to be fearful yeah. of and then therefore be motivated by. Yeah. Um, so I'd say to myself, constant reminder to myself, and if I had to give advice to someone, if someone asked, I'd say just think about it like that and almost choose, choose pick and choose what you want to be fearful of based off how it motivates you and what the... Um, good and bad outcomes of that are going to be and just choose whichever one's going to elicit the best yeah. motivation for you and for everyone around you or for whatever your values and morals dictate. But most people, that will be helping the people around them and the planet yeah. to grow and for, be healthy. For me, like if I were to give advice to someone, would be sort of, I mean, the saying like out of sight, out of mind. So not in the sense that you would just shy away or not, um, you know, turn turn away from fear or um, do everything to avoid doing a certain thing. But certain certain things you can kind of just block out of your mind. Um, so like the, I'm just trying to think of an example. Say say you've been with someone like a partner for a good amount of time. And, you know, you've just broken up or they've broken up with you. Not a good idea to stay on social media all the time, right? And see what's going on. You know, you see them having a good time or seeing them in photos, whatever. Blocking that out. So maybe taking a step back, step away from that sort of thing might just help reset. Hmm. So that, that's just, you know, that's a generic example. Generic advice, but so generic good on advice. so many Yeah, yeah, totally. To take a break from that. But, um, yeah, I would say... So in some ways, you know, you want to surround yourself with people that are obviously empathetic to what's going on or helping you address a certain fear. But in some ways, you just also need to either take it head on or limit yeah. your exposure to 
to something. Yeah, I think probably a better way to put that is focus on what you can control and, yeah, the things you can't control, try and block those things out. Yeah, you can't control certain things, other things you can, so focus on those, yeah. And then the things like, an example here would be like the war in Ukraine. We can't change what's happening there. Well, some Mm. would argue that we can. Um, so maybe not the best example, but there's, yeah, there's things that are out of your control. Yeah. Um, you, we can't change like what the government policies are, but you can focus on, you know, the choices that you make in life are. So focus yeah. on those. Don't be like, oh, well, I'm going to wait until the government changes or, you know, I can't do this because of the government. No, you can't change. Yes. Yeah. I, that, I'll, I'll write that down. I think what you're alluding to is like changing the scale. of. Oh, it's not exactly what you're alluding to, but related, changing the scale of your thinking to to like is is this oftentimes small fear when it's a job interview when you when you can change the scale of your life you can look at your as if you were looking at your whole life from a from your deathbed or if you're looking at national national fears it's harder when it's not directly related to you but i think changing the whole scale of your thinking can help as well um, especially if you, if it's a fear that's really eating away at you yeah. for, for a long time. So, like, yeah, I think, you know, what, what you're saying then is, like, yeah, think about, yeah, if it's something really trivial, like, that's it, think about it from the perspective of your deathbed. Would I, am I really going to go to the great, like, would I be yeah. worried about this if I had a day to live? Would I be worried yes. about this job? Probably not, right? Yeah. So, yeah. That's it, good advice it, for lots of things yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, I can, I can think back just, in terms of like through study preparing for a test and you know how how hmm. stressful that makes you feel like leading up to it and you know losing sleep or whatever but in the grand scheme of things looking back from where i am now hmm. it means nothing yeah. yeah that that's another that that's another good point like even if i was in high, in high school at that time taking some bullshit ncea exam even if I was did take that technique of looking at things from my deathbed, I probably would have still been nervous because we were just we were led down and yeah. told that this was going to have so much impact yeah. on the rest of your life. Was, but now we know it didn't. If only we had someone. Yeah, and that that can relate to a lot of things. I think even I, with it, like the world, the world events, yeah, was, we're only told and led down a very narrow path. So we're not shown a whole perspective, and we can't I even think, if we do think of it that way. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think school teaches us that the opposite of failure teaches us to straight like yeah don't fail don't fail failure is the worst thing that could happen when reality should in many cases embrace failure that's right because you can learn from it and then if you embrace it and you're not letting it dictate your life then yeah you can take risks take new yeah try new things through school is yeah very much don't, don't fail take the safest path possible don't fail just do what you know you can do and just capitalize on that and don't try anything yeah i think that that leads you into that mindset where you're constantly worried about that's it like it comes to things like exams they're so trivial in the grand scheme of things even if like university exams like you can do them again and stuff right but some people like if they fail the university exams like i can just see like i've seen distraught like their Mm. life is over but it's like it's all good. You can it's do it again next year. It'll suck in the short term. Don't get me wrong, but mm. it's not like this is going to dictate your entire life. Yeah, like you yeah. can get back up on the saddle and go again. It's all good, but I think that stems from that thinking of school teaches you that failure is catastrophic. Exactly. I think even from from the high school, it's kind of worrying because even from high school, explicitly or implicitly, you're taught that you should just do 
what you already can do and just cap and capitalize on it. So I, don't you're I still don't, kind of encouraged to branch out and try yeah, these I subjects. Don't, I don't think that it's actually terrible advice, but um, yeah. It, yeah, it depends on the that's context. True, true. But like, yeah, like I think it's not a bad strategy to focus on. If like, for example, that you you're like this very much depends on what those skills already are. Like, say if you're already really good and you're you're running a business or something, you're really good at that. I don't think it's bad advice to say stick at that. If yeah, you're if you're enjoying it and it's it's fruitful, yeah. But in terms of a fear, in terms of fear, yeah, I, it doesn't give it doesn't encourage new novel experiences. Yeah. that would yeah. That would it diminish fears about it. It doesn't cultivate like a growth mindset. Yeah, and I would say probably yeah. probably like at that age, it's more like that advice is um, maybe perhaps better as I say once you're already an adult and you're already like and you you've had years of experimenting. I think that advice yeah would be bad advice at high school. We you probably don't really know what you're doing. You haven't really tried many things. So to mm. yeah, say stick at this is bad advice at that age, yeah. unless you're one of these rare talents so you just know that you're going to be a lawyer or, or whatever it may be, you're a musician. Yeah. Um, yeah, when you're younger, I think you should yeah, for sure be, that's when you should be most open-minded and, to, yeah, and, and least worried about failure because the consequences in general are so much less severe when you're younger yeah because you have less responsibility yeah and, and also i think society just society in general looks we ex- accept that young people make mistakes and 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 fail the older you get the more like society's like society was not very um forgiving to like a 40 year old man for family for going bankrupt or something for taking yeah. a, a risk in business but yes. they wouldn't be they would be relatively forgiving of a 20 year old who yeah. did the same thing the, the fear of failure is is one that's kind of definitely learned definitely a learned behavior because there's nothing implicitly usually bad i suppose evolutionarily a failing was you were usually failing at something very important yeah. to food or something that, like that and and again probably running the risk of getting cut off from the tribe or whatever mm. so it probably again does link yeah. back to that fear of yeah being essentially left out to dry and yeah. die we definitely but yeah yeah I mean, our modern modern society definitely hasn't encouraged or to change that in any way. It's definitely still yeah failure is not not. And I think that, again, that's thing. the problem is that we're still fearful of things which yeah, a hundred thousand years ago probably would have had fatal consequences, but now they don't. Mm. Like if it, even just something like talking to a girl back then, that might have been the difference between you know your um, lineage surviving yeah. out or not it's probably not the case or you're like tribe surviving or whatever that's probably not the case anymore right yeah. so like yeah yeah i think we were talking what in episode two about risk taking yeah these are, they're quite closely related. yeah they, they are quite yeah. closely related i think on a societal level when someone makes a mistake or someone of prominence for example whether it be like a celebrity or um well-known figure it's so easy for the masses to jump on and just shit on this person. Yeah, and I think we do that because that makes us feel better for us not taking those. Makes us part of the yeah. group yeah. as well. So the yeah. mob. We, we and oh, it's all like tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, yeah, if you see someone else failing, who's taken a big risk or whatever, they've just started a business and it hasn't gone right, or they've decided to like travel overseas tried to yeah get a job in a different country and move over there and it hasn't worked out we we love to in in general we love to like oh shame i told you you shouldn't have done that yeah Yeah. but that's because we probably and 
deep down we want to do something like that but we're too scared to do it yeah so yeah i agree makes us and, feel and, good and, when we see someone else try it and fail because and, it's like that yeah I, I made the right decision by not doing it and also like the point you bring up as well is they obviously don't say that the ones that succeed <laughs> they don't get a chance to say i told you so to the ones that right. do it and succeed yeah. because or, they have succeeded or it can turn into like a, a jealousy perspective yeah. So, so if someone does succeed, yeah, someone succeeds, oh, we start. Yeah. Oh, this guy's yeah. obviously had a leg up yeah. this way, or yeah. um, you know, they got what well, say they got lucky. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like anything, well, anything to anything. shift the blame yeah, from yeah, yourself, yeah. And and the way your make, life is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that to make you feel better about your circumstances. Yeah. It's it's like we we kind of see or just dismiss the theory of hard work. Where, like, you know, there will be people who may have benefited. Um, yeah, that's probably not a good example. But, um, yeah, someone who succeeds and does well in, like, business, we, we tend to say, like, oh, you know, they might have been a trust fund baby yeah. or they've been had, like, a silver spoon. Um, but it, it's like, well, behind the scenes, you don't really know what's been going on. They could have been putting in... 12 hours a day, you know, taking on emails at night time. We only see it once they've got to that pedestal that it's like, well, you know, yeah, look at them. Like they've, they've had a leg up or whatever. So I think we need to encourage and particularly in, in schooling, bring back like the work ethic. Because I think a lot of people, I was probably one of them thinking that, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. You can succeed, do whatever you want to do. But you actually do need to put a lot of work and a lot of, you know, your mindset. You take sacrifices. It'd be like someone, I'm thinking of an example you see sometimes on, on the news, like a young 20-year-old who's been able to buy their first home. And a lot of people comment, you know, oh, this person's had, a, had help from their family or, you know, if they've been working, like, they might not have a life life outside of working, you know, they save every penny, but, but very easy to say, oh, you know, they've had it easy. We kind of just need to look inward. I think yeah, looking inward's the best place to go. I think that that just stresses the importance of choosing your choosing the correct friends for you because they're the family that you get to choose and they're the tribe that you get to choose so i mean it can it could be kind of unfair to expect the system to teach us all that when yeah i think i'm just thinking that 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 probably the reason that we do that also comes back to some sort of primal reasoning to do with like tribe thinking like we don't want other people leaving the tribe because that makes our tribe especially weaker. successful people you don't want them leaving yeah which is so, what so, happens so that, when someone gets it successful. probably again all does tie back into some sort of yeah, yeah primal fear of that does lead back to death like yeah, if the successful you know the alpha male of the tribe leaves, leaves. then what the hell we gonna do yeah, yeah, yeah that's a good point so it's much it's much more comfortable if, yeah we make sure that the tribe stays put and you see that like yeah it, even within like families like family like your, your family can be re, re, and it, you it, go, oh it, he left he left us and he's like doing real well overseas somewhere yeah yeah and yeah. and in some cases it may flip back why when they are doing up being successful that the family embraces them but w when they were wanting to take the risk the family and there's certainly there's been examples of that in my family like i said for my sister becoming a teacher no no don't do that don't do that it's too risky you won't you won't enjoy it um 
now yeah they embrace my sister now that she's a successful teacher but yeah that probably does there's some yeah like primal pack thing there is we we don't want them leaving yeah yeah, yeah. you don't want a, a resource gatherer leaving yeah um yeah that you know, makes that makes complete sense you're talking about that i think there's examples of like professional sports people um taking on contracts you know it's you start to see the linger the people that linger on and try and like coattail because they would be considered like the alpha of the pack yeah so, for sure that or, happens. Or, yeah we'll start saying like yeah where's my share you know i was i was around when you needed it it's real big um I think with Polynesians, they have Polynesian athletes a lot. Mm. The family and friends. They expect they expect them to be not just a share, but like lots of it. And I've read stories about Polynesian athletes. Some some of them, I'm I can't think of an example off the top of my head, but I'm sure that I've read of Polynesian athletes committing suicide because of like those sort of pressures where Mm. family and friends, supposed friends, have essentially bankrupted them because they got a good a good contract, and then oh. I need, you know, what about your family? What about your bros? And give the money. Um, so, yeah, I've read that. Yeah, that can be very serious for um, for athletes. Yeah. Um, were you guys fearful or nervous? As we've explained, it's just a smaller, we think it's just a smaller instance of fear. Were you guys fearful to start the podcast and start oh, releasing this stuff publicly? 100%. I yeah. think me personally, like I, I've always... Fear of the ridicule. Yeah, just putting yeah. yourself out or exposing yourself. So I remember like an example growing up watching like YouTubers, you know, thinking like, oh man, that would be like the coolest thing to do. And I always thought in my mind like, well, you know, maybe I'll start start a, a YouTube channel and record videos. But there was always that voice or whatever it is. I don't know if it was a voice or something telling you that like oh it's a waste of time Mm. um uh yeah waste of time you're gonna fail like what's the point of even starting or things like that and yeah totally in terms of releasing like people have told told me personally like oh you've got a good voice for radio i don't know if i yeah you do you do agree or not i said that the first time we first episode yeah and i was like well you know maybe i should do something with this if i'm having a, a few people like tell me specifically well that's not an anomaly that's probably you know like there's something there to it and but it's just that taking that next step and actually like i still cringe when i hear like my own voice or you're talking on a microphone and like a loud speaker with like a lot of people in the room but as the more like david said the more you do it the easier it becomes it's just exposing yourself to it i was definitely as well and just the fear of ridicule was something that I imagine many, many people can relate to. But again, with the whole friends thing, having actual friends that are going to support you and just not going to ridicule you as much or as, or seriously, or maybe criticism is the right word. Having good friends makes fear easier. Being surrounded yeah. by certain people with a certain type of culture makes fear and fear taking, uh, risk taking yeah. much easier. Yeah, yeah. I but, also think... Yeah. One thing saying, yeah, just, I don't know, before you finish, like Joe, Joe Rogan, for example, he, he doesn't read his comments because, you know, he can't, you can't please everybody. So you either listen to the people that care about you the most. There's, there's no point, like you can take, I'm not saying don't take criticism or, you know, have that ability to grow or to learn, but ultimately it should be about the people who you care about the most, their opinions of you, your opinion of yourself. Hmm. 
and there will always be haters. That that is something. The opinion of yourself is something that I um has become the most. Yeah. Uh, uh. Yeah. It's become one of the most important things in my life, which sounds real egoistic to say, but in a way, I don't think I think it's the opposite because, like, live like with the whole risk taking thing. Yeah. And, and fears not not utilizing them in a positive way or taking those risks causes you your self image. You're basically stabbing yourself in the back. And yeah, yeah. You can't keep doing that forever. You'll wither yourself yeah. down into a husk of like fragility. Yeah, I don't think don't, that's egotistical at all. I think that's a big sort of um, trap. I don't know if it's just society in general or if that's a boomer specific thing, but that attitude of don't put yourself first. And I know that that can sound like selfish and egotistical. And in certain cases, it can be. But when you're talking about like, say oh, we've talked about this before setting boundaries and putting yourself first self-care self-love that sort of thing that's that's exactly what you should be doing you mm. shouldn't be yeah burning yourself into the ground yeah. Uh, yeah as i say i don't know if that's a boomer thing or if that's just a human thing in general thing. yeah I, th- I have a feeling it might be a boomer yeah. thing i think that's a big farce to be sold because if you can't put yourself first then that's it you're gonna you're gonna burn yourself out and you're never gonna be able to like yeah to uh, help other people if you're burnt out and yeah, feeling like crap about yourself. It's kind of like when no you're on a plane, you know, if if the the masks come down, like the oxygen mask, they always tell you, fix your own before you fix yeah. it's a great analogy. the person next to you. And I, yeah, like, I don't think that's an egotistical thing. It's almost like, um, I think Jordan Peterson talking about that's like like cleaning your cleaning room, your first, room yeah. first because it's a reflection of yourself. So if yeah. you clean from the inside, yeah. you're more likely to affect people on the out yeah. same same message in the spiritual community they all say it, it all starts from within as as above so below you need to, if you sort yourself out the rest of the world will they say will manifest yeah into harmony as well but i think definitely it's not egotistical it's actually or at least it at least um should receive more praise than it does yeah i think it's like living according to your conscience and oftentimes that's not what our modern yeah. day encourages and, and I it's, think, it takes bravery to do i think when other people who aren't living that way see someone that is that pisses them off because yeah. i think they probably are unhealthy themselves yeah, yeah. if so you're a good like, friend if you're a good person a good friend you'll encourage that you'll oh like, yeah, yes, yeah 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 for boy, sure go. for sure but yeah. yeah i i can see that in people um who themselves yeah, don't put themselves first and don't have that self-care self-love boundaries whatever you want to call it um and they see someone else who does then they become resentful of that person because I, I think they can see that that's mm. a good way to live. Mm. And they're like, oh, no, this person's yeah. just selfish. And, yeah. yeah, it highlights their, that, their flaws. It's no point. way to live, man. And also, no, you don't want to be friends with those kind of people. No, definitely not. No, I think, like, you're talking about boundaries, for example. I used to find it... Um, sorry, just ignore my voice. I'm starting to lose it a wee bit. But... um. Like saying no is a yeah. is like a cruel thing. Yeah, that's know? total. And, and that's completely wrong. I think it's more freeing. Yeah, have like to have more freedom to be actually able to say no. Yeah, and if you know if someone reacts to that, um, you say no. Like well, yeah, you see that often happens. The yeah, they're no good. That often happens because the other person is selfish because they want you. Yes. They want your time. They want a piece of you. That's their selfish desire. They want you. It's like the classic case we talked about with like friends moving overseas. Oh no! Don't go. It, that's a selfish desire. You're the one being selfish because you want them to stay to please you. Yes. So yeah, it's actually basically yeah. the the opposite. I think it is the basically the opposite, and I think everyone can relate to being invited to something 
that could be their best friends, could be real good friends, and you, you just don't feel like it and feeling obliged, and you say, oh, that's not good enough reason. No one thinks that's yep. a good enough reason themselves. But if, since everyone's felt that way, I'd say everyone can relate to it. And if you're good friends, you'll say, oh, fair enough, man. You don't need a reason not to yep. want to go grab a coffee today. You're just not feeling it. That's all yeah, good. yeah. I, I used to take it as a yeah. personal thing. Um, it took me it took me a long time to to grasp and to get over is like if you're asking to hang out with someone and they say no or they've got something on that it was a personal thing against yep. me that they didn't like yeah. they didn't like my company or didn't like my time and then the like it was probably the most freeing thing to realize like is everyone especially as you get older yeah. is just so busy and when you add like now you you adding kids to the mix for example for some people it's like you they're gonna start looking more inward in terms of like a family sense so their their time or their importance or how they um yeah how they justify you know like what's more important to them is probably their family Mm. so there'll be just less time in general as you get older you just have to learn like well people are busy yeah you know you you make time for those really yeah who you can and like if you if you were good enough friends like I, I know there's a couple friends off the top of my head that if I saw them tomorrow after like two years, you would just pick up from where you left off the last time you saw them. Anyone can tell; it's real obvious. Yeah, you totally. don't need to. You don't need to test it. Um, of course, I was gonna say, damn it, that's all good. Think about it, but we'll probably have to yeah, wrap this one up soon because yeah, yeah. it's been quite. What were you saying? Quite about a bit of a friends? rant. So you talking about friends not being able to hang out as they get more responsibilities and not taking that personally. And when you were saying, when you mentioned free, a freeing feeling from that, yeah. maturing and growing up from that, I mean, David nodding vehemently over here because yeah. I think that's real crucial and possibly a lot of people don't grow up from that no, ever. definitely not. Yeah. And it's, it's... You're starting to see that at this yes, age. Yeah. Some, Some people are... are in the transition, others are not. Yeah. Turning into adults and you go, and it's freeing and it feels like growth. It feels really good. Yeah. To, yeah well... That, yeah, that's to be thing. like you, you're doing you, and you you have to be comfortable in yourself and know that you're doing the right thing. And I think maybe some people are starting to freak out because yep. they haven't listened to themselves and taken themselves first, and now they end up in a point in life where they people are leaving and doing mm-hmm. their own thing because yep. they've been working on themselves and starting to be successful and achieving what they want, and yeah, freaking out. And that's yep. when you take those things personally. Well, yeah, totally. Like I'm trying to think of an example, but like <sighs> growing up leaving high school you know you have like the boys or whatever so you s- probably spend a lot of time with the boys but <laughs> the boys <laughs> the boys that's but yeah toxic thinking that's a that, toxic that's thing yeah toxic. because if if one of the boys for example meets a, meets a lady or meets a woman yeah. um and they start dating like you should be happy for this <laughs> yeah, guy like, he's moving on yeah, but yeah. it's like oh no he's he's yeah, dogging, the boys. dogging the boys yeah, yeah. that's real toxic thinking about yeah. That is, and it just the boys, it just immediately elicits real tribal yep. male yeah. yep. testosterone, yep. Um, primitive mm-hmm. vibes. 100%. Yeah, which, which is fine. Which There's is fine. Everyone needs that. to go through that, I think. It's an important learning point to go through and a fun time. It's yeah. definitely fun. I, I think Times with the boys is always the best. Some people approaching 30 are still living like that. Yes. They've still got that same mentality. They haven't outgrown it, and that's, yeah. Which is fine. I'm I mean, all kids for the weekend. Yeah, with the boys. Yeah. Saturdays are for the oh, boys. Yeah, it's just it's just way way better, way more peaceful. Yeah, I think, and I think yeah. we're definitely all agreeing mm-hmm. to be past that stage. A hundred percent. Yeah, well, maybe we. And then to- surrounded by people like 
being surrounded by you guys i love you guys surrounded by you guys who are in the same mindset and yeah and supportive so friends beat fear yeah friends over fear having people that mean a lot to you or close people and what their thoughts are of you and yeah you should take that into account yeah because those those are the people that will talk you into it so family for example um if you've got a, a good family you should be able to to go to them and talk about certain things going on and they might have advice for you um so you take that on board friends family probably the two closest ones i would say well friends of the family this. you don't choose right oh your friends of the family you choose right so yeah well I, I think you can have strong strong bonds more stronger than some family members with for the friends yeah and it's actually interesting yeah i was just thinking i've heard this advice thrown around at some and it i think it actually makes sense is sometimes in fact the best advice that you can get is actually from a stranger and that actually makes sense because and the, again, it's obviously very dependent on like, the, again, right friends and family, this would be all good. But that if you've got that sort of tribal family friends who are, you're going to don't do it, don't go overseas. The strangers probably, because they don't have that attachment with you, they're going to look at it through like a clear mm. lens and they're mm. going to, yeah, you should get on that plane. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Go that for it. Whereas point. the family's going to, no, no. Again, dependent on the family. On the no, family. no, don't, don't do that. It's risky. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. sometimes... A complete stranger can, can again, yeah. yeah if that's you, good. If you do, and value the opinions of strangers sometimes more. Yeah, because they sh- don't have any biases. Do. They don't have any, yeah, all that 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 baggage essentially, mm. which can sometimes. And, even if you, we say that you've got great parents, they can still or fit friends. We can yeah. still be blinded and, and biased. Yes, and we, it does depend on the stranger as well. Also, yeah, of course. Not I mean, just if being it's polite, like some if you're saying something like you might stupid. get bad advice, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> just as a generalization. Yes. No, sometimes, yeah, a stranger. We can can um, come at things from a completely clean slate, which yeah, yeah. Say so you could have the greatest parents, and still they might get it wrong occasionally because they have clouded by their yeah, love for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Well, uh, yeah, if you want to, yeah. Well, yeah, it could come from the best intentions, could, but could, like don't yeah, go over, don't do that risk. Yeah, don't co- do that conservative risk. advice. Yeah, yeah, it's not the best advice. Um, yeah. but yeah, maybe coming from a good place. But it's not great advice because yeah, they're, they're blind. They would probably it's the classic case if they came across a stranger came to them, they would probably be like, yeah, no, go to get on the plane or take that job offer or whatever it is. But when it comes to their own family, they're like, oh no no no, they're mm. much more conservative in general. Again, generalizations here, but yeah, yeah. I I actually think of if now if I had to give some advice and possibly good a good conclusion to to deal with fear possibly is that ultimately it's always going to come down to you doing something you can take yep. lead a horse to water but you can't action. make a drink it's going to come down to the individual but your friends and fam having good friends and family and keeping in mind friends can be family that you choose um make that a whole lot easier yeah and as you said as well now we're meant to be around people so when it's good people yeah even, we are I mean, good even ourselves. as a natural introvert like you still need to have time for social gathering like we we could we can easily like hermit ourselves and in, into a like a cave or whatever, like just ignore what's going on or spend most of your time on the the internet. And like, it's just not the same talking online as it is meeting and having that face to face contact. Um, mm. But I hate anyone who knows me knows I hate talking over Messenger. It's such a like labor. you mean texting or texting? Yeah, it's such a labor. That, for me. That's it's actually so an interesting point because I remember 
Like I would hate phone calls. Um, and you know, it was strictly like, no, don't call just text. <laughs> but as I've gotten older, it's like, man, it's just easier just to like stop call, especially when you're trying to organize something. It's mm. like you'd back and forth waiting for the next person to reply. It's like two minute phone call, yeah, sorted out, done. As fun as texting while as driving texting. is. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it's better to call. Maybe not. Um, we haven't really gone into much of like anxiety as a topic, so maybe. We could turn this one into like a two-part. Yep. And Sounds so reasonable. We'll Easy, call this man. one part one for now. Easy. And um, we might pick up from... Might throw deuces. Yeah. <laughs> so stay tuned for part two. Oh, Episode crap, six. part two, guys. <laughs> no. It's going to be epic. Thanks for the chats, boys. Yeah, it's um, good. It's Thanks. been fun. Good counsel. But yeah, we'll, we'll catch you all next time. Later. Peace out. Peace out. Pieces.